Hey everybody and welcome back to the Called for Freedom podcast. And it's been a minute. Um, If you guys saw my post yesterday, I did say that if I could find time, I would get an episode in today. So that's what I'm doing. I'm currently in my vehicle recording. It is raining pretty bad here in Virginia. Um, So if the rain's in the background and stuff, I apologize. But I wanted to get this episode out like I said I would. Um, For those who don't know, because I know we've been getting a lot of new listeners, I am in the military. Um, I'm a reservist. I'm gearing up for a deployment, Uh, the second one to be exact. And um, I'm trying to, this was a a three-day-a-week show, and now it's probably gotten down to maybe one every two weeks if I'm lucky. But the goal is, is to keep right on moving. So... I am going to give you a little bit of an intro for Job chapter 17, and we're going to get this show on the road. Now, Job chapter 17 is a powerful message that speaks of God's greatness and majesty. It is described as a being of infinite power and knowledge with no limitations to his abilities. He is presented as a being who is capable of great mercy and compassion, but it also, but is also capable of great punishment and destruction. The chapter also speaks of God's relationship to Job and the importance of Job trusting God despite his trials and tribulations. In the end, God rewards Job for his faithfulness and obedience, showing his unconditional love for Job and his people. Job continues, Where then is my hope? My spirit is broken. My days are extinct. The graveyard is ready for me. Surely there are mockers about me, and my eye dwells on their provocation. Lay down a pledge for me with you. Who is there who will put up security for me? since you have closed their hearts to understanding. Therefore, you will not let them triumph. He who informs against his friends to get a share of their property, the eyes of his children will fail. He has made me a byword of the peoples, and I am one before whom men spit. My eye has grown dim from vexation, All my members are like a shadow. The upright are appalled at this, and the innocent stirs himself up against the godless. Yet the righteous holds to his way, and he who has clean hands grows stronger and stronger. But you, come on again, all of you, and I shall not find a wise man among you. My days are past, 
My plans are broken off, the desires of my heart. They make night into day. The light, they say, is near to the darkness. If I hope for Sheol as my house, if I make my bed in darkness, if I say to the pit, you are my father, and to who, and to the worm, my mother or my sister, where then is my hope? Who will see my hope? Will it go down to the bars of Sheol? Shall we descend together into the dust? Mm. Job is being pretty powerful in his words there. Um, but it's a reflection on Job's despair and his plea for justice and solace. But throughout the chapter, Job expresses his deep anguish and disillusionment, feeling abandoned by both God and his friends. He describes his physical and emotional state, depicting his fading strength and the darkness surrounding him. Job's words reveal his longing for vindication and hope in the face of overwhelming adversity. He acknowledges that his days are numbered and death seems imminent. Yet he clings to the belief that there is a future beyond his suffering, a future where righteousness and justice will prevail. In his distress, Job rebukes his friends for their lack of understanding and empathy. He yearns for their support and encouragement, but instead finds their words to be empty and misguided. He recognizes that their attempts to console him fall short as they fail to comprehend the magnitude of his pain. This chapter serves as a reminder of the depths of human suffering and the profound questions it raises about the nature of God's justice. Job's lamentations resonate with anyone who has faced adversity and sought answers in times of darkness. It highlights the importance of empathy and genuine companionship during times of hardship, as empty platitudes can further exacerbate one's pain. Ultimately, Job's plea for justice and hope sets the stage for the subsequent chapters where God responds to Job's cries and provides him with profound revelations. Job's story teaches us about the complexities of human suffering and the enduring significance of faith, even in the midst of profound despair. I want to go back to verse 9, where it says, Yet the righteous will hold to his way, and he who has clean hands will be stronger and stronger. Packinghouse writes that Job realized that if believers who found themselves in similar situations remained strong, remained faithful, 
then their suffering would produce strength of character in their lives. That doesn't mean we just suffer for the sake of suffering. If a person simply chose to suffer without trying to get help, it would mean there was something wrong with their thinking. But if a believer chooses to follow God's will, even if it means they might suffer, then that is a healthy spiritual choice. The Apostle Paul accepted suffering, a thorn in the flesh, because it was part of the path God was taking him down. Paul asked God three times to remove the suffering, but God made it clear to him that it was part of his plan. So Paul simply accepted it and continued serving, even when it was hard. In fact, Paul came to realize that it actually worked as an advantage in his life. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 2 Corinthians 12.10 Do we look for the good that God will bring through adversity? A British author, uh, Somerset Magnum, wrote a short story about a janitor at St. Peter's Church in London. One day, a young vicar discovered that the janitor was illiterate and fired him. Jobless, the man invested his meager savings in a tiny tobacco shop which prospered. He bought another shop and expanded, ultimately ending up with a chain of tobacco stores worth several hundred thousand dollars. One day the man's banker said, you've done well for an illiterate. Imagine where you'd be if you could read and write. Well, replied the man, I'd be a janitor of St. Peter's Church in Neville Square. A funny story, but it does contain truth. I like that story. Lord, help us not to just endure suffering today, but to look for your hand in it to bring strength into our life. Amen.